Hi, I'm Lawrence Carroll, and welcome to Two Question Tuesday. Uh, Morgan Stanley two weeks ago forecast commercial real estate prices could plunge as much as 40% over the next two years, worse than in the great financial crisis. Morgan said more than 50% of the $2.9 trillion in commercial mortgages will need to be renegotiated in the next 24 months when new lending rates are likely to be up 350 to 450 basis points. Throwing another wrinkle into the works is that small and regional banks are the biggest source of credit to the $20 trillion market and holding 80% of the sector's outstanding debt. This could exacerbate the already, already tight lending environment. However, vacancy rates in warehouses, industrial spaces, retail stores, and hotels are low. So do you think there's a bubble in the commercial real estate market? I don't like to go out on a limb and say that there's a bubble in particularly anything because it's really difficult to quantify exactly where that bubble kind of bursts. Um, but I do think that there is a problem in the commercial real estate market. And you highlighted on a really key and important point is that regional banks make a lion's share of the loans, uh, of the commercial real estate loans that take place throughout the United States. Now, most people, the, the, the work from home dynamic has shifted a lot, but a lot that has really settled out a lot in this post-COVID world. And the fact of the matter is most companies are not necessarily taking additional space and or share, which brings to light the issue that most of these real estate investment trusts have too much space that's out there and the vacancy rates aren't high right now. But what happens if we do get a little bit of a tick higher in unemployment ratios? Then you have a bit of a problem as it pertains to the dynamics beneath the surface, more so with commercial real estate. Additionally, most REITs have to flow through 85 to 90% of the capital and income that they generate back to shareholders in order to be classified as a real estate investment trust. That doesn't leave a lot of money to be held back in the event that you see a decent amount of financial distress in terms of reserves and defensiveness. So REITs are kind of like mostly pass-through entities at the end of the day, and a lot of them do. There is a really significant amount of money that needs to be refinanced in the next two to three years in the real estate investment trust world from really low interest rates to much higher rates. So that does create a pretty significant problem. You may see a lot of different real estate investment trusts have to sell some assets in light of that. So I do think that in, in spite of the fact that the residential real estate market continues to hold up well, particularly because there's a decent amount of demand and there is just zero supply out there, you're going to see a good amount of commercial real estate come onto the market, particularly in large hubs and cities, New York City, San Francisco. Yeah. Absolutely, so I, Mike. I, I totally agree. I mean, you look at the vacancies and some of these banks are just filled with some bad loans out there. And, uh, you know, I, I think over the past six months, uh, commercial lenders have certainly tightened up their requirements, uh, but it's probably, you know, too much too late. Um, and I think that, you know, when you go out, uh, like every time that you've had great times, right? Uh, banks get into these bad habits and loans happen and they don't have real tangible assets behind them. But hey, you saw the trouble at Silicon Valley and First Republic kind of right into this, right? So mm -hmm. I, I would agree with you. I think that uh, while not as bad as 08, you know, certainly um, there's some trouble lurking beneath the surface. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to this is kind of like a uh, snowball effect here, too. 
you you basically just led into exactly what my next point was going to be because if you think across the country what occupies a really considerable amount of commercial real estate regional banks so not only do they write those loans but they hey, occupy look at that now, right so you know I was in the city this weekend and you know every every corner has a chase and a first republic and now you consolidate that office space and whether you're you know SL green or Simon property groups or whoever the owner is uh, there's going to be more vacancies certainly on the market because we're not going to keep all those branches. So it's it's true. You're you know I you're think you're going to see yeah, and I think you're going to see additional consolidation and cost cutting in that space in order to get the bank the, the regional banks back in a, a more healthy environment, a more healthy space. In light of the situation in commercial real estate and um, what's going on in the regional banks, it's time to take a look at First Republic Bank. This is one of the banks that was badly damaged by the bank sector turmoil in March. And the bank's shares sank to a record low on Friday, plunging 43% to $3.51. That's th that was down 98% from its 52-week high of 171. And then in after hours trading, it traded fell another 34% to 230. So Monday morning, JP Morgan Chase agreed to acquire First Republic Bank in a government-led deal for $10.6 billion after First Republic was seized by regulators. New Republic. First Republic is the second largest bank failure in U.S. history and the fourth regional lender to collapse since early March. So are there any other banks we should expect to fail? Look, I think the big ones uh, have been taken out by now. Um, you know, you had your big three uh, that really went out uh, very quickly. Uh, what a great buy for J.P. Morgan, Lauds, um, you know, especially uh, even in the asset management side. Uh, some good assets there uh, and really uh, uh, makes some sense for them. Uh, Jamie Dimon, once again, the winner. Um, I think when you look at, uh, are there others? I would look um, maybe at the small, really small regionals uh, and maybe some locals. I think you'll see consolidation. Um, but I, again, I think these guys were walking around with, with uh, marks on their back and uh, certainly the worst is behind us. And I think the markets interpret that too. I think some of the large cap financials, uh, again, uh, what's their commercial real estate exposure? Probably not as bad as the regionals, uh, but some of these stocks are, are value driven here. Um, and I think if you have a long-term holding time, uh, they make a lot of sense. And, and certainly the better managed ones uh, are, are selling for very, very cheap multiples here. So I think the, the big ones are behind us. Um, the system is very uh, fine. Um, you know, and unfortunately, they have a great playbook and they know how to do this and, and take these banks over seamlessly. Goes to show you, you have to reduce risk, though. And it goes to show you that, um, you know, you have to always manage risk. I mean, First Republic was extremely aggressive in taking on new business and, uh, you know, only started in 1985. And, and you see their quick trajectory up and the second largest collapse ever behind Washington Mutual. And uh, now they're a page in the history books. I don't think you'll see many more of that size. In fact, I, I don't think you'll see any more of that size. I tend to agree with that. I mean, I do think that there are problems beneath the surface in commercial real estate, but I do think it's going to result in a lot more banking mergers at this point. I think some of that stuff is going to be forced. There are absolutely going to be smaller failures, but you've seen most of the big ones actually take place. I mean, we've seen three of the largest four bank failures ever now take place within the course of the last month and a half to two months. Um, the distresses are still there in the system. I do not think that the response to what has happened thus far has been enough. 
But at the same time, I think that you're going to start to see these banks merge and consolidate more than you're going to see them actually fail at this point. And I think that, you know, when you have Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank of New York, and now First Republic Bank, I don't think that there's going to be that much left in the coffers. At one point, the FDIC fund was $120 billion. Silicon Valley Bank soaked up $20 billion of that alone which left $100 billion for First Republic and Signature Bank of New York. It is going to be in the government's best interest to try to force mergers within some of these banks rather than take more assets into receivership because there's just not enough money left in the FDIC fund to allow these banks to continue to fail like this. So that's a problem. Hey, thanks, guys. That was great. And if you'd like to submit a question please send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com. And we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, everyone.